0: This is Thunder and Lightning here on Super Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydan and Joel T. Coleman Woo. here with you on a Tuesday morning. We are glad that you have joined us at supertalk.fm or wherever it is you get podcasts from. We appreciate all of our great listeners, especially our servicemen and women out there taking care of us. Why don't you do us a favor and head over to wherever it is you're getting podcasts from. And why don't you drop a five-star five star review. We were a little off on that one. Yeah, I'm I'm distracted today. Joel's in mourning, almost. Well, He's... I'm not in mourning. I'm in. You just got the call that someone you love is in is in the hospital. Yeah, and you're you're worried that it could. That go may back. not
2: be the best analogy during these times, but well, sure. I mean that's where
0: you are, though. Yeah. <laughs> you
2: know, you're, you, 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 they're not dead, but they're sick, and you're yeah. worried about them. So not not actually people.
0: If yeah. Just in case yeah, it's not experience. real. It's, it's it's baseball. Yeah. Uh, We'll talk about that Something that that, Yeah I'm sure at some point But let's talk about Some other stuff first First off let's talk about Our sponsors Our good friends over at Strange Today's the day I got it right here Here's the gift card It's in my hand Kids are at home I think I might call And be like Hey get some clothes on We're going to get ice cream What do you think That's a cool dad move Right there Yeah Yeah
2: If you were at home Like by yourself Yeah you wouldn't even. Well, I guess you'd have to put your clothes on to get the ice cream, but you could just
0: sit out in the heat. Yeah, they don't have any. They don't have any drive through yeah. for for turning spoon. Yeah. Well, I was just. That'd thinking, be pretty funny. Like I just walk drive over to a Strange Brew, like, hey, could you walk over to turn and Spoon and make me a hot fudge <laughs> Sunday? Bring it over here, please.
2: Well, I was just thinking, it's so hot that it'd be kind of cool to eat your ice cream with no clothes on. Just sit there and tidy whities, Brian. You watch watch your soccer in your recliner.
0: I I don't want wear tidy whities. <laughs> God help me if I did uh, But oh. B There's no soccer on today The season ended yesterday uh, You know You got a lot of problems With your analogy there. No problems at Churning Spoon Though the ice cream is delicious And no problems Over at Strange Brew Of course they've been delivering Great drinks to you Throughout these uncertain times So Why don't you keep them uh, Keep them afloat Keep their business going And keep Strange Brew Coffee House Part of the great local restaurant scene here in Starkville College Corner, where you can just get free money when you buy stuff. Never heard of such a promotion before in my life, but it is the truth. And then
2: use that free money to get further discounts on baseball merchandise, correct? It's incredible!
0: I've never seen anything quite like
2: it. Here's free money, now you don't even have to spend as much of the free money we just gave you.
0: Right. Right, that's exactly correct. So, here's how we're going to make this work for you. You're going to go to CollegeCornerStore.com. You're going to buy a gift card there. You're just going to search for gift card in the in the bar there. Boom, thirty percent off that purchase. Hundred dollar gift card, seventy dollar purchase. Then you're going to turn around and use that one hundred dollar gift card that you only paid seventy dollars for to buy a say fifty dollar Mississippi State baseball polo. Oh wait, it's another fifteen percent off of that. So, how much did this cost you? I don't know the number because I can't do the math. You saved so much, we can't even add it up. Even Albert Einstein would struggle. To figure out the savings you're getting when you shop at College Corner, shop at CollegeCornerStore.com, or go to either one of their two locations in Jackson. They're in Ridgeland by Fleet Feet. They're in Flowood by the Half Shell, and deck yourself out in maroon and white. Advantage Business Systems knows that at this time of the year and at this time of these uncertain times again. That there's just no chance for you to make it if your business isn't running at peak efficiency. Well, they have solutions to help you do that. They have 45 years of experience that keep businesses running at their peak. So why don't you give them a call today and find out what they can do for you. Call them at 844-833-6245 or visit them online at absms.com and find out what Advantage Business Systems can do to keep you running smoothly or find out how Advantage Business Systems helps your business do business. What was that? A I just, touchdown! I,
2: I, always, always throw some motions in with, you were, at the end of your advanced business. That's great!
0: <laughs> this is a great thread we have on Twitter talking about you playing for the Florida Marlins, <laughs> Miami Marlins. Brian, um, there, uh, get with the program. It literally doesn't matter what their <laughs> name is.
1: You
2: know, though, they have two World Championships. Yeah, they've never won the division ever.
0: Uh, the Giants. I don't think they didn't win it in ten. I don't. I think they won it in twelve. I think they did. I'd have to go back and look. Now, now you got me. One. Well, at some point in history, they have won the division. Oh yeah, yeah. For the sure. Marlins Giants have won the pennant
2: in nineteen. The Marlins have literally never won a division championship. These
0: recent championships. Though? Yeah,
2: Marlins have literally never won a division championship, but have two World Series. Well, so you know,
0: they they have that. You the have Braves, meanwhile, in my strength.
2: lifetime, have like, gosh, I don't know. 14, I don't know, somewhere 16. I I could figure it out, but I don't feel like taking the time. It's not somewhere around 16, 17 division titles in one World Series. Sucks. Should have more than that, but don't. Should hopefully win one this year, but may not get past three games. I hope they do, though. Man. Yeah, we'll find out. I guess later today. I don't know. Maybe tomorrow. I think they're going to play today. I, I think that. The Braves will play today. The Marlins and company, they're not playing today. No. Um, but I think they're like the Phillies and Yankees, they canceled their game today because, of course, the Phillies just played the Marlins. And the Phillies are all getting tested. I think those results are supposed to be back tomorrow. And I don't know. What do you think? It... We're going off of topic before we're, we are. We're, we're taking this show today. But before we pretend like there's absolutely going to be a football season, mm-hmm. do you know. think this has an impact at all I don't on know. college football? I don't know.
0: I, I'm going to be honest. I don't know.
2: I have to think they're watching. I think like, they're the watching. decision and, makers are but, watching.
0: It feels like the only way to do this is, is to have a bubble, and you can't have a bubble for college athletics. You could, but you would take a ton of heat.
2: Well, it feels like the only way to do sports in 2020 for the rest of the year is just you're just going to have to, if you want to do it, suck it up and realize there's going to be some, some of this. You know? And I, I, that's not me trying to be macho Joel over here, but it feels like if you want sports – well, you're just gonna have to deal with the fact that there's gonna be an outbreak or two. Yeah. And that's just bottom line. Well, I mean
0: I get that, but at the same time, I don't know. Let's I don't want to talk about that. Anyway. Let's let's for talk. For the rest
2: of the show, there's gonna be a twenty twenty season.
0: Right. Let's uh let's talk about something let's talk about something, you know, more, you know, positive than that.
1: Curtain, 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 curtain. Curtain, 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 Curtain,
0: Curtain. MSU basketball adds a big transfer, literally and figuratively. Javian Davis from the University of Alabama will return to his home state. He is a Canton, Mississippi native, a redshirt freshman for the Tide a season ago. He, uh... Averaged six points and about four rebounds per game in 16 minutes per game for the Alabama Crimson Tide uh, last season. Basically, the victims of a number game. Yeah. Victim of a numbers game, I should say, uh, over at Alabama. They have just they've hit the transfer portal pretty hard themselves. They've had four guys leave the same way Mississippi State has. Uh, they had John Petty Jr., who they thought was going to go pro, he decided to come back, and they just don't have scholarships. And Jalen Javion Davis is is the odd man out. Which means, in all likelihood, that this has become sort of a more prevalent thing in college basketball. He has a great chance to be eligible immediately,
2: and of course, state with what they've lost could certainly use a post presence. Because uh, you know, as we sit here, as we sit here today, I think you and I would agree that the biggest question about Mississippi State basketball in the upcoming season is definitely its big men, right? <laughs> in in much question about that because you got Abdul Adu uh gosh what else is down at Quentin Post who I don't you know was having trouble even getting, so back, getting back, into back in country. the country yeah. uh they need they need folks they they need bodies down there. not just bodies capable bodies and Javian Davis give, gives them that like I said will it help for this season well they hope so yeah um uh, but I mean, but right, they they need help in the post and that, right now you've got that. two
0: guys to play the 4 that are transfers that you yeah. don't really know much about. If Davis is eligible, and then Tolu Smith, big bodies. They look the part, but can they give you? I mean, if they can combine to give you what Reggie Perry gave you, you feel pretty good. But you know, if one of them steps up and becomes a, you know, and I don't think what what was Perry last year like eighteen and twelve something like that. He was he was really good. But I mean, if you're just getting fifteen and seven, you know, fourteen and seven, you're fine. Yeah, you're fine. So. Uh, what this does do is it puts MSU at 12 scholarships. With They're holding on to one because of Robert Woodard. I talked to Paul Jones of 24-7 Sports earlier today, and I, just to clarify something I thought he had written, and he did. MSU has been given the, uh, the option by the NCAA, as you know you know from last year with the academic uh, issues and the, the tutor gate, that they, they are due to lose a scholarship. The NCAA has allowed them to make a choice between this year and next year. So what that means is this: if Wooder decides to come back, state will play with thirteen this year, and they'll have to they'll have to get be one down next year. Uh, but if he doesn't come back, they'll just play with twelve this year. But they've got some players now. I, I just I don't know what to make of that team just yet because I don't know really know much about the backcourt other than DJ Stewart. You know, I mean Molinar showed you some spurts, but can he be the guy for the full season? Devyn Smith. Looks like a talented player, but I, you know, he's a freshman. We have got to see how that goes.
2: Well, it's a team that's just their ceiling is based on potential.
0: Yeah, that's a good way of putting it.
2: And in potential means you ha- you ain't done it yet. Right. And so there is just absolutely no certainty whatsoever when you look at that team. The only thing you know for sure, really, when you look at this year's Mississippi State men's basketball team, is that Abdul Adu is going to start at the five. And he's going to play really good defense. That's about the only certainty you have right now. Uh, DJ Stewart, will he take a big step forward? They hope. And he might. And he looked really good last year. But you just don't know that. Um, Robert Woodard, he's going to come back. He's not going to come back. I mean, we'll know in the next week or two. But we don't know right, right now. Right. It's just a- every single person that you go through. Should know next week. There's a qu- Yeah, August 3rd. Uh, Everybody that you go through, there's just a question about. You, they may have high ceilings or whatever. You may think they can do great. And if they do do great, well, holy cow, you got yourself a pretty good team. But mm-hmm. the only certainty when you look at that roster is you know with do you're going to get a guy on the floor starting that plays good defense. Yeah. You, you, you can take that to the bank. Yeah. There's just very little you can good take good about to the Stewart
0: bank. as a scorer, but I don't see him as, as a – right now, with, with Woodard out, it feels like he's option A. And I don't know how I feel about that. Yeah. You know, it feels me feels great if he's a complimentary scorer. If he's a guy that, you know, Woodard is making the cut in the lane and he can kick it out to a wide-open D.J. Stewart. Yeah. I like that. But you're telling me we're going to put the ball in D.J. Stewart's hand and he's going to have to win the game for us? I don't know how I feel about that particular yeah. uh, setup. You know, Molinar had some games last
2: year where he was just like instant offense off the bench. That kind of gives you some hope that maybe with more playing time that he could, you know, contribute to that. The uh, the offensive attack, yeah, yeah. so to speak. But I, so I we'll don't know, see. you just don't know. You don't know. You, you don't know if Molyneur can do that. You don't know if, if Stewart can shoulder the load and kind of be the the leader of this team, which he doesn't even have to be if Water decides he's coming back. Right. So just right now, it's a whole lot of I don't know. That said, getting Davis, especially if
0: he's immediately eligible, it helps the cause. It doesn't hurt at all. So, All right. Let's move on over to our opponent preview for this week, and that's the Alabama Crimson Tide. We're going to be talking to our good friend, Brett Hudson, and that interview is brought to you by our good friends at Welcome Home Beef, who I, uh, I don't know if I'm going to see them this week or not. I'm thinking about doing some chicken. so that's just, but, but still. But I would certainly encourage you to call Welcome Home Beef because, you know, why not? You got these free weekends. You might as well be cooking. So why don't you put some of the best ribeye, fillet, strip steaks you can get. Beef ribs, brisket roast chuck roast tri-tip which i cooked last weekend and of course some of the best burgers i've ever ever had everything i've gotten from welcome home beef has been a home run it's been an a plus i can't recommend them enough you should give them a call today and of course if you're one of those people lucky people down in lauderdale county just head over to the piggly wiggly in collinsville and you can get some of that locally sourced grain fed beef right off the shelf there at the piggly wiggly so give the if you're not there hey they'll be happy to ship to you 418 2021 or visit them online at welcome home I'm sorry at facebook.com slash welcome home beef whatever you try, choose to put on the grill in the pan in the pot this weekend one thing is for sure when it's welcome home beef it just tastes good our good friend Brett Hudson from the Tuscaloosa News, joins us on the welcome home beef hotline opponent preview time here on the welcome home beef hotline and we're gonna have to give respect the Alabama Crimson Tide. Brett Hudson of the Tuscaloosa News, our former colleague here in Starkville, has joined us. Brett, Alabama gonna be any good this year?
1: Uh, you know, they seem to be okay with this whole football thing. They, they seem to they seem to have a formula. It turns out when when you acquire the best players, you tend to have the best team. So that that seems to be how it works for Alabama, and they they keep doing that. So. I think it's going to work out okay for them.
0: Bold strategy, Cotton. We'll see if it pays off. When yeah. I when I look at these opponent previews and I look ahead to Mississippi State and, and, and who they're playing, the first question that pops into my mind, obviously, is going to have to be, how are these teams in the secondary? So that's the, my first question to you. What is Alabama like in the, in the defensive backfield? Uh,
1: that's probably the biggest question this, this team has to solve. I mean, I know people are going to – point to the quarterback battle or, or quote-unquote battle with Matt Jones and, and Bryce Young, the five-star coming in from from California. But if you kind of push the quarterback position aside, the secondary is probably the biggest question they have to answer at this point. They they lost David McKinney to the NFL draft. They lost Jared Maiden and Shaheen Carter to undrafted free agent deal. So they lost all three of their starting safeties. Now they, they also lost a corner, Trayvon Diggs to the NFL draft, to the Dallas Cowboys. So you're losing four of your five starters in the secondary. Now the one you return is Patrick Sertain, the second at corner, who is just awesome, going to be one of the, the better corners in the nation in 2020. But what you do around that is, is going to be it's, – it's definitely the biggest question they have to, to answer for sure. They don't really have a ton of experience at any of the – positions they have to fill, which is why they went the Juco route and got Ronald Williams Jr. Out of, uh, out of a Kansas junior college, if I'm not mistaken. He'll probably have a significant role, whether it be outside corner or slot corner, remains to be seen. They have Jordan Battle, a, a safety who they've groomed to, to take a bigger role. He was someone who played in dime packages last year. He's His name you'll see uh, Daniel Wright will probably – be back there at safety as well, but, but again, there's a lot of unproven names back there. So, if you're going with the standard five defensive back backfield that Alabama's kind uh, of for the last two years, five or six, Patrick Searcan the second is going to be the only name that your somewhat invested college football consumers going to recognize, and here everyone else is going to be pretty fresh and new. So, if you're if you're going to attack Alabama's defense this year, the secondary is probably the, the place you would want to do it, which is atypical for a Nick Saban team, but that's just what the, the personnel is this year.
0: So then what's in front of them? I know defensively on the front four, a lot of talent there. And, of course, Dylan Moses coming back is a big boost to the linebacking core.
1: Well, yeah, the the entire defense is kind of changing over from last year to this year. Last year they had some weaknesses up front, but they were – They were really good in the secondary, and and this year they're they're going to have some issues in secondary, or at least some unknown names. But they're going to benefit from experience in the in the front, especially the linebacker core. They really suffered last year when Dylan Moses and Joshua McMillan both had season-ending knee injuries in the preseason. They're both back now, Dylan Moses um, and. My opinion, and the opinion of many others, is one of the best linebackers in, in college football. He's back in the fold and should should ball out in, in 2020. Last year, they played a lot of young guys on the defensive line, a lot of freshmen, and were in that rotation, so they should benefit from some experience there. Some some names to know would be Justin DeBoise, Byron Young, and Christian Barmore someone who provides some interior pass rush that Alabama's. Really excited about Fedorian matches is, is another name to know there. So the defensive line should benefit from having some youth kind of progress and gain some experience from from last year. The the big question up front is the outside pass rush. They lost both of their starting outside linebackers from last year. Anthony Jennings and Terrell Lewis both got drafted. Now you have to replace those guys, and they signed a ton of really really good freshmen edge defender type that could be immediate impact pass rushers. Uh, Chris Braswell, Will Anderson Jr., Drew Sanders, Q Robinson, etc., etc. The list goes on. They really loaded up at that kind of edge defender pass rusher type in the 2020 recruiting class. So if they're going to rush the passer in 2020, they're probably going to have to rely on some freshmen to to do it but inside and behind the linebacker it should be improved from from last year when Alabama fans were kind of upset with that defense last year when you had to replace your linebackers with two freshmen at at your uh inside linebacker positions they kind of suffered and ended up in the like 30s range of yards per play allowed last year so they're they're kind of hoping to get an increase in in that regard
0: And then on the other side of the ball, I feel like it's a a Trevor Lawrence, Kelly Bryant kind of situation here for Alabama. I I think that Bryce Young is going to be the guy whenever midseason comes, whenever the decision to make a a redshirt or not comes. I think he's going to be the guy. Do you feel the same, or is this Mac Jones' team after all?
1: Uh, I think it's possible. I mean, that's something that's difficult to forecast with Saban now because he always favored experience. Um, in any of these position battles like this. But pretty much the entire career arc that Tua Tungabaloa had at Alabama kind of changed that narrative, right? Now he's willing to go with young talent over experience when the young talent is is just that dynamic as uh, Tua was compared to to Jalen Hurts in their Alabama career. So Mike Jones, he did more than people give him credit for in in his spot starts and, and other duties as Tua's backup last year. uh, He looked pretty good at times, and he's got the arm talent. Yes, he made a couple of of poor throws in the Iron Bowl that proved pretty costly, but there were also other issues in that game, too. It's not like Mac Jones lost in the Iron Bowl last year. I'm, I'm firmly of the belief that it's Mac Jones' team for at least the first four games, like you mentioned, and at that point, it's more of Mac's job to lose than it is Bryce's job to come and take. No matter what preseason practice looks like in in this strange time that we're in, I don't know that there's much that Bryce can do to come in and straight up take the job away for Mac. I think it's going to be Mac's and it's on Mac to lose it more than it is for Bryce.
0: Who's your co-pilot there? Uh, Emma. Hello, Emma. It's Uncle hey Dad. <laughs> <laughs> Uncle Joel here too. Yeah. All right. Yeah, we, I, I wasn't sure which one it was. Hello, Emma. Welcome <laughs> welcome, welcome to the uh, Thunder and Lightning podcast.
2: <laughs> All right, Brett. Got a, got you a, uh it's a hard question, but it's an easy question. It's an easy question to ask. I don't know if it's an easy question to answer. I give you uh, the option. You could have Kylan Hill on this Alabama roster or Najee Harris. Which – which? I guess I'm asking you, who has the better back?
1: <laughs> Ooh. Ooh, that's good. Um. Mm. What would y'all say? Kylan has proven as a receiver, two to, to days since I wasn't around for for last season. How, what would you say he's proven as a receiver?
0: Not a whole lot, uh, yeah. but he's going to have to prove it pretty quick this year for Mississippi
1: State. <laughs> yeah, I,
2: I would say on the college level he hadn't done a, a ton in the receiving game, though. You know, in high school he did line up in the slot some and things. So I think he's capable, but he hadn't really proven it on the college level yet.
1: Okay, okay. Well, that that being the case, I would probably go Najee just because Najee had seven receiving touchdowns last year he set the school record for single season receiving touchdowns by a running back which kind of puts a lot of qualifiers on a record but it's a it's a record all the same um and Alabama is losing three wide receivers from last year uh GD and Rubb both drafted in the first round to the Broncos and the Raiders so they're going to have some need for additional receiving help now they have good options at wide receiver Devontae Smith and Jalen Waddell are back they got a grad transfer tight end out of the transfer portal and Carl Tucker from North Carolina so they they have some receiving options but they could probably use a little more and if you have a running back that can provide that threat and maybe have a another six seven receiving touchdown season like Naughty Harris had last year that would probably do you some good so just on the track record of receiving out of the backfield to date, I'll go Najee Harris, but as as runners in their careers, they're, they're more or less inseparable, in, in my opinion, which says the world of Kylan Hill because if Najee Harris gets a full season and he does what he did last year, he ran for something like 1,200 last year. If Najee Harris does that again, he will break Derrick Henry's record for career rushing yards at, at Alabama. So putting Putting Kylan Hill on on that kind of a stratosphere is is pretty impressive for
0: for both of them. Well, you were there in Tuscaloosa two years ago for Moorhead's first uh, trip over there, and defensively State was really good that day. They just you know were let down by the offense. Off defensively, this is not you know the same talent level, obviously, but they are going to to run a scheme that puts a lot of pressure on quarterbacks. it's, it's tough to foresee, but this would be about the point in the year, you know, especially if it's only conference games that they would make that decision. If I'm right and it's Bryce Young, could a, could an aggressive Mississippi State defense provide some 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 problems for him?
1: Um it, it's possible, but you're also going up against Bryce Young's mobility, which would in theory help with that, but a, a bigger a, a bigger factor in that would be Alabama's going to have one of the best offensive lines yeah. in the country this year. They they're returning four starters. They're returning Evan Neal, Landon Dickerson, a Florida State transfer. Deontay Brown and Alex Leatherwood. They only lost Jedrick Wills, who went in the first round of the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Alex Leatherwood coming back was, was a pleasant, I want to call it a pleasant surprise for Alabama, but he could have reasonably gone to the NFL draft and maybe been a, a second or third round draft pick. Obviously, he wants to make a little more money on the front end than that, so he's coming back in hopes of being a a first round pick. But this, this line is going to be really 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 solid and especially when you consider the fact that Evan Neal last year left guard could very easily transition out to a tackle position so you're not necessarily putting someone green in the tackle position that you're you're losing and and Wills Jr going to the, to the Browns now so while it does make all the sense in the world that Mississippi State could try to grapple a newly placed freshman starting quarterback if it does end up working out that way. I think your your obstacle is more with the offensive line than it is with whatever Bryce Young's uh, mental capacity is, if that does end up being the being the way that it's worked out.
0: I guess I'll ask you sort of the same question I asked Brooks Cabina when we talked to him last week about LSU and that, you know, Mississippi State 2017, you 2017, know, of course another game you were at covering for the Bulldogs there, had Alabama on the ropes and just couldn't deliver the knockout blow. Three years, you know, two years, two seasons later, they're just getting pushed all around the field by Alabama. You know, how much, you know, how much does Mike Leach and what he wants to do offensively give State the ability to compete and be play a competitive game against Alabama? You know that under Mullen, the only game he was ever really competitive with Alabama was his last one. Uh, can, can Mississippi State, you know, not beat Alabama? I don't think that's in the cards, but can they play this game within two touchdowns and keep it interesting for four quarters?
1: Uh, this year might be might be challenging just because they haven't had the the full off season to really delve into the air raid like they would like to with spring practices and a preseason practice as it would normally be scheduled and, and everything else. So uh, this year might be a challenge, but for the foreseeable future, sure. I mean it's it's a curveball, the air raid. They they do things differently and and while well, you could criticize certain aspects of of Mike Leach's uh, coaching tenure and when you go back to both Texas Tech and Washington State in terms of consistent success, you could certainly criticize him in that regard. He is also very capable of, when everything comes together, making something of it. He had that Michael Crabtree season at Texas Tech. He had the Gardner Minshew season at, at Washington State, where when everything comes together with the roster... And you get to certain guys back, and and if everything works out, he can capitalize that into a, a ten or eleven win season. And if you're going to do that in the FCC it, it more than likely means you're going to be either Alabama or LSU, if, if not both. So, if he's there long enough for everything in the roster to coalesce and and come together for one magical year, sure, it wouldn't be, uh, it wouldn't melt my mind to watch a Mike Leach coached Mississippi State team beat Alabama, just because that kind of is Mike Leach's coaching track record, right? He's kind of flirting with that average to above average realm in the sport on a nationwide scale, and then everything comes together one year, and boom, they're top ten when November comes, and that's when I mean, I guess in the news schedule configuration, now that the SEC has changed things around, that would be after Mississippi State plays Alabama since the game is in October this year and could be for the Foreseeable future. But my point
0: there is, yeah, maybe not this year, but in the future, sure, why not? We'll see. I, I'm looking forward to this. I was hoping this game would be played on the uh, the regular schedule because it's the third Saturday in October, and I just wanted to make jokes about that. You know, like why aren't they playing <laughs> Tennessee? But we'll, we'll just play it when we play it. And we'll, I think we'll all be happy to see each other at that point if it happens. Brett Hudson, you know, I would I normally give the Twitter info, but they're already already following you, so you know, what do I what do I need to do that for?
1: I mean, I like to hope so.
0: All right, good to talk to you, buddy. We'll talk you. to you again soon.
1: Absolutely, thanks for having me, guys.
0: All right, thanks to Brett. We appreciate his time. Interesting to, to find out that the two areas where I like MSU to create mismatches are the two areas that Alabama is probably strongest. I like State's ability to—they're going to they're gonna bring pressure from unusual spots. But Alabama has a very solid offensive line, as as Brett mentioned. And then State obviously wants to pass the football, but the secondary—well, I think back—that's sorry, the secondary was the question mark. So yeah. So defensively, you're going to have to figure some things out. But offensively, just at first blush, it looks like if State can do the things it wants to do in the passing game, it could have some success against this Alabama defense. I mean, it's going to be the
2: the question against everybody they play, right? Uh, if there is a secondary with a weakness, well, then look out. State's about to hang 40 or 50 on you because that's what Mike Leach does. Um, he, he takes advantages of teams that – Can't cover guys in space and Mm -hmm. just throws the ball around the field. That said, an Alabama with a questionable secondary Mm -hmm. to me is
0: still probably a better defense than well the talents there is you just have (laughs) it's sort of what you're saying about basketball yeah you know the talents there yeah yeah what what I find interesting is this is like Leach versus Saban offense versus defense doesn't it feel like two boxers who are just throwing haymakers whoever connects first is going to be in good shape. You know, Leach is going to throw the football. He's going to be aggressive. Saban's going to come after the quarterback. He's going to be aggressive. And it's going to be, you know, the irresistible force and the immovable object. Yeah.
2: You, you know, it's – I don't know that it's apples to apples, but you, you think about the teams that have defeated Nick Saban through the – I mean, you think about those Ole Miss teams that won, just chunking the ball down the field yeah. kind of stuff. I mean, seems like that's the, the recipe to give yourself a chance. You know, you're not going to line up and just run over Alabama. No. So uh, if you're going to have a a puncher's chance, this is the way to do it and uh I don't know, it's going to be intriguing to to see this Mississippi State team, this this offense uh, against that Alabama defense because I I don't know about you. Pretty sure I know where you stand here, but every year when Mississippi State plays Alabama, you, you go in and you're like, man, I don't even know if State's going to score.
0: <laughs> like I feel like state's going to get in the end zone now. Um, I did not feel like they were going to score two years ago, and they didn't. I did not feel like they would score last year. They did. They found a way to get in the end zone. Uh, but, yeah, I mean, and, and and we're not, you know, that's not even being, you know, overly critical. Yeah. I mean, let's look at the games since, basically since State's last win. This is State's points in these games. So, looking, at, you know, 2007, they won 17 to 12. Uh, since then, 2008, uh, where is it? 7. 2009, 3. 2010, 10. 2011, 7. 2012, 7. 2013, uh, 7. <laughs> 2014, 20. Finally! Uh, 2015, 6. 2016, 3. 2017 is the first game where they were actually competitive. 24 points. 2018, zero. 2019, seven. So since 2008, State has cracked double digits three times and has never scored more than 24. Yeah. So it's, this isn't us being negative or anything. That's just the facts. You just now can go
2: into an Alabama game and feel like, you know what, we may score some points today.
0: Can Alabama? Can you imagine Mississippi State losing or or winning a game against Alabama like a forty five forty two kind of game? No. Like could could State beat Alabama the way LSU beat Alabama last year, where they just keep making plays? Seems seems unlikely in year one. Seems highly unlikely. But
2: I don't know. I guess I like I like Mike Leach's chances better than I would have liked Joe Moorhead's chances. No question sure, about I mean, that. There's no question about. That. I, I guess it all kind of hinges on what State's defense is able to do. Uh, We'll have a better idea by the time this game takes place, and it's absolutely 100% without a doubt going to take place, regardless of the pessimism you may have heard earlier in this program. Uh, It's going to happen. It's going to happen. But it's all going to boil down to, again, I I feel like a broken record a little bit, but if Arnett's defense is just acceptable, State's going to have a chance in every game.
0: Yeah, yeah. Every game, including this one. I was thinking about the 2018 team earlier this year. Earlier today, I'm sorry. (coughs) Earlier this year. I think about it a lot. Um, (laughs) But I keep coming back to the same stat. that You would agree, 29 points. Not a lot of points in today's college football, right? Yeah. If they had scored 29 points in every game, they would have gone undefeated. It's crazy. So, you know, what's that number this year for Mississippi State? You know, because honestly, if it's 29 – if MSU's not giving up more than 28 points in a game, I feel pretty good. You know, you get into the 30s, I feel less good. And God forbid it's any higher than that. I, I just – I think 50 is sort of the number. Above 50, this is going to be a really good team. Below 50, they better be really good offensively. And I don't know that they're going to be in year one. Even though I think they may – they may never be better than they are at quarterback and running back. We'll see, you know, but – I'll talk about it. I think the main thing is sort of what we talked about last week with L S U though. It's just about being competitive. You know, and you sort of hit on that. Just just Well that was the go first going to go the fourth quarter with a chance to, to keep it close and keep maybe 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 even take a lead. I mean I think
2: that was a big part of the frustration with Joe Moorhead the last couple of years was there were so many games where stage just wasn't competitive. Right.
0: No you're Period.
2: Right. You're right. I think about that dang Auburn game a lot this past season. Oh yeah and and before you even had time to get excited yeah football games starting and, and, and you know it's kind of nobody was even comfortable in their seats in the press box or in the stands or at home on your couch anywhere and it was 21 nothing
0: yeah yeah you know i wasn't even comfortable in my seat yet yeah it's like trying to trying to get oh wait it's 7 nothing already you know so, yeah, I, I think this year we'll see a different side of that. But we'll see. Long way to go. All right, guys, uh, tomorrow's show is The Rumblings. What do you want to talk about? Give me give me a theme. Your turn. You come up with a theme right now. Do it. Do it. Man.
2: I don't know. We, we, we've exhausted, I feel like, every kind of popular topic. I mean, we've talked about music. We've talked about food. Thank it, Joel. We've
0: talked about movies. Yeah. we uh, talked about pro wrestling yeah talk about women yeah and men yeah, I don't know
2: alright have we talked about baseball just playing we baseball we did a baseball did one, we do yeah. a baseball yeah one?
0: back when we thought baseball was gonna be you know starting on time yeah well, I, don't, I don't know enough I would say basketball because we had not done a basketball one but I don't know enough to anyway We'll figure it out. All right. So just a uh, just a good old fashioned regular. I think we're I think we're just going to lock back into regular rumblings for yeah, a while. That's fine. We'll, we'll sort of take it from there.
2: I kind of like that anyway. You guys pick. What do you want us to talk about? Yeah. You just ask the this questions. This is your
0: show. You ask the questions, and if they're good enough, we'll answer them. So. And have- Brian Brian makes that call. By the way, so if your question doesn't, get asked- I take full credit, and I take full pleasure in not answering dumb questions. You have bad <laughs> questions. I don't ask them. Ask better questions. Step up. <laughs> Let's go. Yeah. All right. Tomorrow's show is the rumblings. Bring it. Let's have it. For Joel T. Coleman, Woo! I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks for listening to the Thunder and Lightning on Super Talk Mississippi.